I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. No, I'm not making a uh, fashion statement. Your boy's playing injured today. Like uh, like Max Crosby, but even better. I never miss a rep. I'm like a little injury hold me back. Um, Welcome to 40. <laughs> oh, God. Hit me like a t- t- ton of bricks. So and, uh, on Friday, when I was in Vegas working UFC, I, was, uh, I like to train with some of the analysts. Just, you know, stand in shape and get to be around these like high level guys. Like it's pick their brains and train a little bit as a, you know, uh, I won't say who it is, but a former for your comeback, <laughs> right? As every time I train, it just like makes me more injured and less likely to come back. Uh, I was, I was wrestling with a former UFC welterweight and like 30 seconds in, I just felt like I just knew it right away. I'm like, well, that's going to be a stinger in my neck. Five days later, I got searing pain, throbbing up and down my arm, up and down my back, up your taint into your culo. Trigger point injections, chiropractor visit. I'm getting an MRI on Tuesday. I'll see a specialist on Wednesday. And uh, I look like I should be, I got one of those neck braces on that make me look like I should be on um, like a poster for some like, like injury lawyer. Larry H. Parker got me 2.1 million. <laughs> you know the story. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the law offices of Jacoby and Meyer. With hey man, if, if if your lawyer walks in, he's like, okay, 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 okay just okay, get up okay. and walk out of there. Okay, just okay. get up and walk out of there. Listen, man, I'm out here. If I if I walk down the streets of LA, I'm just gonna get like business cards from ambulance chasing lawyers everywhere I go with this thing on. Um, so sweet. Still so sweet. Still showing up. Not missing what a rep. G that you are. If what Max doesn't miss a rep, we don't miss a rep. All day. Uh, we'll get we'll get to Max Crosby here in a minute. Um, out of the gate, Antonio Pierce isn't officially the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, but he's the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Pretty much. I mean, it's, it's so obvious. It just seems like it's inevitable. They're just waiting to say it. He's acting like it. Mark Davis is acting like it. I mean, the evidence is starting to pile up Soto that it's just, it's not a matter of if just a matter of when they announce Antonio Pierce the next head coach chop off the interim tag and just have head coach. He can finally move into that office. That's been vacant ever since Halloween when Josh McDaniels got the shot ax. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a done deal at this point. Uh, um, I mean, just who knows what the Raiders, right? Who knows what bug is going to crawl up Mark Davis's ass in the next couple of days. But from what we're hearing and what we're seeing and just kind of the sense around the building, it, it looks like it's going to be Antonio Pierce, which I'm fine with. Mm. Uh, so why are we so confident it's going to be Antonio Pierce when they haven't made the official announcement? Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday night, yesterday, Tuesday the 16th. The Raiders interviewed um, longtime NFL coaches Leslie Frazier and Chris Richard. 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 What is in what's what do they have in common? Soto. You look at them both, both these these men. They are of uh, African American descent. African American descent, Rooney Rule pending, um, and according to the Rooney Rule, you have to interview two minority coaches before you know 
as part of the process, no matter who you hire, when you hire, two minorities, African-American, Mexican, Asian, woman, whoever, right? That's who we interviewed. And that's all. <laughs> Literally, Mark Davis has only done the bare minimum Rooney rule of interviewing head coaches. Interesting side note to that. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that Champ Kelly, who's not the GM yet, was in on those interviews. The evidence is starting to pile up. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence there. A lot of evidence is piling up. They're not saying they're they're saying things without saying things. Um, so you're telling me there's a chance. There's that. That's how you know AP and Champ have been part of the you know the the uh, Martin Luther King Day uh, thing that was going on for the for the Raiders on Monday. They were a part of that. Like they're certainly acting like they've got the job, especially Antonio Pierce. Um, which great, cool. We'll wait for that to happen, and we'll do a live show, and we'll 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 dig into it. There is this, though. It's not so much who they interviewed. It's who they didn't interview. There were some huge names floating around available in the coaching circuit. Jim Harbaugh interviewed with the Chargers. Interview with us. Mike Vrabel, by a lot of people's estimates, a top five coach, period. Not even top five available. Top five coach in the NFL. Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest coach of all time, whether he's lost it or not is to be decided, but unquestionably he he's forgotten more football than you and I will ever know. And Mark Davis didn't even bother kicking the tires on all of these guys, which if he went, if he did an interview and, and went with Antonio Pierce in the end, like fine, great. You know, you're not going to hear you cry. You know, when it's official, we'll dive into, you know, our, our official predictions and what we think and, and pluses and minuses and stuff. But you have at your fingertips all the football knowledge of Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, and Bill Belichick, and you don't even kick the tires to see, oh, man, let's let's have a cup of coffee with Bill Belichick mm -hmm. and see if he can convince us of it or convince us that he's not the guy. That just seems just irresponsible. to not. That was one, remember, I, that's what the one thing I said a month ago. It was like, yeah, talk to people. Hey, if, your we chance, with, talk to if, we, if we go with AP, great, but you have an opportunity to pick the brains of some of the best football minds available. And they're going to give you their best. Like they're going to, they're going to want you to make an offer. Even if Jim Harbaugh is like, am hey, staying at Michigan. He wants to knock your socks off in the NFL. Say, all right, here's $20 million a year. And then Harbaugh takes that contract waddles back over to Ann Arbor and says, I want $21 million a year because the Raiders are off me. 20. So the fact that Mark Davis didn't even talk to these people, what a missed opportunity and just brutally irresponsible. Let me play devil's advocate here for a second. I don't know if you're going to be a bull. Like, look, I'm going to be a bull in a china shop with this take. Let me let me be the to play devil's advocate for a second. Do it. Who's to say that the Raiders reached out to? Because I mean, they don't pick up the phone and call Jim Harbaugh's like house line. Okay, they reach out to his representatives, and they're like, "Well, Harbaugh's looking for this is what he's looking for." Preliminary wise, I want total control. I want this. I want that. And I'm like, well, okay, that's not, we're not interested in that. Possible. Was, well, possible. possible. No, I, I, I understand. Are you still going? No, no, no. There's a. I mean, yeah. look, you can say the same for Belichick as well. You say a lot of things when you want Vrabel. to keep your job. Say the same thing for Vrabel. Yeah, you can, Vrabel you, wants control because that that's why he was out with 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 uh, Tennessee. He wanted more control, and that was the issue with Harbaugh with the Niners. He wanted more control. Uh, he went to a place where he had complete control of the entire state. 
And um, I don't know that he's going to leave a situation where he has that much control to not have all the control. So that that's, I think, one of the things we need to keep in the back of our minds when we talk about stuff like that. And, um, no, I, I was on board with you that we should have brought in as many people as we – I mean, that's feasible, right, to bring in to, just to talk. But if they're telling you up front, listen, if if you're not going to offer this, then don't even bother. And you know it's 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 not even if that's the case, you still interview them. You can say, okay, you think you're that high and mighty, you think you're all that in a bag of potato chips. Convince me, convince me. All right, Jim Harbaugh, you think you should be GM, full personnel control on top of head coach? Convince me. I'm a I'm Mark Davis. I'm a reasonable man. If you if you have a case that says you can do it, and you've got evidence that's going to sway me. Okay, I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Probably not going to do that. But I'm going to be open-minded and listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And Mark Davis didn't do that. Like, I'm just- 70% on that side, and I'm 30% on the side of, look, I really like the guy that I have. I- I'm I'm planning on moving forward with this guy because this is, this is the guy that I like. I see the traits and attributes of the person that I want for this position and this guy here. And uh, I'm not going to waste my time. That is the kicker right there. I think it's more laziness than anything. And that's what bothers me. Not that, not that I'm going to hate this Antonio Pierce hiring, but this sounds like laziness from a billionaire who in- inherited his franchise. That's I, would, what it feels I wouldn't like go that me. far. I, I wouldn't go that far to say laziness because he, he hasn't been lazy in the past. And he's getting a lot of info. He's getting a lot of, I mean, he has like a, a council, right? Like, like his dad did. He had his council of, of, of guys around him. That I mean, Richard Seymour is a smart dude, man. He's a smart, smart guy. He's going to be an executive in the NFL for a lot of years. So you have a lot of those guys around you, and they're telling you, "Look, man, you got the guys here. These are the guys. You have all your look. If a if a player says I want this guy or I'm going to want to get traded, you don't even pay attention to it. A couple players do it. Okay, look, man. All right, whatever. I'm still going to pay your best players, your best former players." People that are coming in off the street that you're bringing in, who are good football minds, are telling you the exact same thing. This is what leadership looks like. Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl guys have played multiple Super Bowls. This is what leadership looks like. This is what winning culture looks like. You have it in your organization already. If he's getting that type of advice, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Again, playing devil's advocate, if that's the advice that he's getting, I don't have a problem with it. I still have a big problem with it. So as you know, I married my high school sweetheart, right? I didn't get married right out of high school. We dated in high school, broke up, got back together in college, broke up, got back together years later. We'll be married 10 years next year. Right? Soil your royal oats. <laughs> we both did, right? We're just like, okay, like we Vicky fell in was, love. Uh, uh, She's a driven snow. She's never seen another penis that isn't. That's not true. Right she's seen mine. Never seen it. Not on yeah. purpose. Um, so even though like, all right, I fell in love with this woman. It's like, okay, I want to see what else is out there. I'm a teenager. Let's see what's out there. And I, and I went back with her, right? The same thing should have happened with Antonio Pierce, with, with Mark Davis, with Antonio Pierce. You're like, okay, we've got him in the building. He's done one interview in Tennessee. He's not going to get a job somewhere. He's not going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. 99% sure. He's in your back pocket. You've got till the 21st before you can even interview in person. It's only Zoom anyway. You've got the time. Interview guys. Pick some brains. See what's going on. 
You can still, even if you're 99% sure you're going with Antonio Pierce, take this opportunity. Jim Harbaugh can, when he's pitching, what he wants to do as a coach, he's like, wow, that's, that's a really good idea. I should mention that to Antonio Pierce, who's, by the way, had nine games of head coaching experience, who's super, super, super green, and any advice you can give him, it'd be good. Like, you lost nothing by at least interviewing these guys and going through the process. The only thing you've lost is knowledge. I think it was more laziness. Like, what's more, what's more important to Mark Davis's docket this last, like, 10-day 10, 10 window than figuring out who's going to guide your franchise for hopefully the next few decades? And he's just like, nah. I don't like it. So I'm I'm a little confused here. From I've heard a couple of different things. I've heard that you can have in-person interviews. They just can't be currently coaching. They have to right. be so that you can still have in-person interviews before the 21st. They just can't ha- be on an active team. Yes. So Harbaugh, Brable, and Belichick all good. Then uh, I was listening to uh, to uh, what was it? Um, one of the NFL um, serious shows. And the guy's like, the guy's already in your, uh, talking about the, the, the Raiders coach. Uh, uh, the guy's already in your building. You don't have to follow the Rooney rule. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, they do. Uh, so I'll have to figure out the absolute truth on all this stuff because I'm hearing from reputable people on reputable shows that they don't have to do it. I'm hearing from other people on other shows that they do have to do it. I'm hearing that you can't have in-person interviews. I'm hearing that you can't have in-person interviews. But Besides all that, I get what you're saying. I you understand. Had time. You you have time to talk to these people. Honestly, and- I just think that Harbaugh is so in love with Justin Herbert, and I think it's just like the worst kept secret in the NFL. It's the worst kept secret that he's just like head over heels in love with him. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an issue for us. But, but even forward. then, like. Like Harbaugh's been a savvy guy, right? Like every single year he teases going to the NFL just so we can get a raise at Michigan, right? So it's like he's he's a pretty savvy guy. Like he's pretty good at like not every single year. He got, he, he got he got his pay cut one year. Not yeah, one year, but like, you know, last, like, last year he was for like a month. It was like his Jim Harbaugh going to the Raiders. Like it wasn't believable back then, but it was trending constantly. This year it was like okay, I can see it happening now. Like he's a pretty savvy guy. Even if he's super in love with the Chargers, he's the more bidders, the better, right? Like he wants people bidding for his services, you know. So mm-hmm. uh again, not gonna hate Antonio Pierce when they announced that he's getting is becoming the next head coach. Players love him. Um, we screwed up by not going with Pisaccia, and he did even better. At least like he took us to the playoffs, and at least he could be like a special teams guy, you know, like AP, the team. Committed to him, played better for him. Um, we'll see where it goes, but it just seemed lazy to at least not kick the tires on NFL royalty, like football royalty is floating around right now. Uh, so we talked about um, Max Crosby. Um, I'm still kind of debating exactly how this report came out, who leaked it, why did they leak it? Uh, it's an older report from the NFL media. Um, sources say there remains support among many in the extended Raiders family for interim coach Antonio Pierce, including the locker room with all pro edge rusher Max Crosby expressing he will explore a trade request if Pierce is retained, according to sources. Um, now, Max Crosby didn't like come out and say it in a, in a press conference. He didn't 
tweeted out. Um, he didn't confirm or deny this report. Okay. So it could be BS. It could be Antonio Pierce leaked it to make his case. Could have been Max Crosby leaked it to make his case. Um, but we, it's, it's obvious Max Crosby wants AP, higher AP. He tried to get trending on Twitter. Devontae Adams wants them. Josh Jacobs wants Josh Jacobs put his money where his mouth is. He's like, this time six months ago, he's like, I'm out of here. Now he's like, I'll do whatever it takes to stay here. Like These guys are putting their money where their mouth is, right? Which, it makes me feel good that there's that kind of unity in the locker room. But it also is wild. What happens every single time any player in the NFL demands a trade, no matter the position, no matter how much they make every single time an NFL player says, I want out. I want to trade somebody. Sometimes everybody says, look at this diva. Look at this whiny crybaby. Shut up and play. You're getting millions. You've got a contract stick to it. What are you doing? You whiny bitch. Every time, every time a player asks for a trade, Max Crosby allegedly, allegedly, well, threatens a trade. Yeah, he, he did more than that. He, uh, I'm sorry, please finish. Crickets, crickets. Nobody so, jumped down the throat of Max Crosby. Nobody's really said allegedly anything. demanding a trade. That's so. Me he went on his podcast uh, maybe an hour or two after this story came out. I think it was last Friday or Saturday. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know, in no uncertain terms, yeah, yeah, uh, and he said on his podcast, he said, uh, nothing is off the table if yeah. you don't keep it. No, that's the more political way to like have your actual words being recorded mm -hmm. to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for a trade because you didn't say the T word. Yeah, behind closed doors, like me and you talking, where someone can be a source. Yeah, man. If you, if AP's not here, man, I'm gonna ask to get out of here. Yeah, and then you know, so it, it's not. It, it, I wouldn't say it's BS at all. I mean, I, when I reported it uh, last uh, last Saturday in the morning, uh, it was pretty wild. I woke up and it's like Max Crosby wants a trade if he, AP doesn't. Okay, I hopped on, and then as I was finishing up, Max Crosby went live on his podcast, and like five minutes after I got on, he said with those exact words. So yep. all you people uh, that were calling me a, a BSer and a clickbaiter, suck it, because it, it was true. Uh, but look, I don't know how mad you can get at Max Crosby because – these people that normally are like the ones that get really mad and like call him all these names and a crybaby and all this stuff, they're all, they have a lot of information. Right. Mm -hmm. And if he's just being the, the, the figurehead, if he's just being the mouthpiece for what every single player is saying for what every single one of your hall of fame players are saying for what every single one of your best players who have retired are still hanging around the team are saying, it's kind of hard to be mad when everyone's thinking the same thing. Yeah. You're just the one that says it. It's kind of hard to, to kind of, and if you feel the same way too, if a lot of these people might feel the same way, like, yeah, man, they should just hire AP. That's all I've been hearing. Well, that's the thing is um, when you've got your, your teammates that are in unison behind you, that's, that's great. But I'm talking like talking heads didn't jump down Max Crosby's throat. Um, like 
players of other teams, players with podcasts, like, uh, like maybe they feel the same way. Media members. That's my, that's my point is like, have you ever seen a player demand a trade and have not one person of prominence? I mean, we've had some people in our comment section and on Twitter be like, shut up, Max, you cry baby, whatever. But like anyone with the voice, not one of them, not one person I've seen one person that tells me a couple things. One, Max is just that level respected because he's not a crybaby, right? Like when you, you know, they say the squeaky wheel gets the oil. It's like, no, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the wheel that squeaked one time after 20 years of not squeaking. That's when you're like, oh crap, let me take care. You know what I mean? Like we've got a, you've got something, you know, I have, I've had a running toilet, toilet for five years. Right. But like when I start smelling gas in my stove, that's when I jump, you know, I get the wrench out, get the. Call it, yeah, call there's it two out. ways to look at that, man. It's, right. The squeaky right. wheel gets the grease or the squeaky wheel gets replaced. One there's two ways to look at that thing. But if you've never made a noise, if you've never made any noise in half a decade like Max, Max Crosby, other than I just want to win, I'll do whatever it takes, and all of my actions back it up. And yeah, then you, you come up. almost could have lost his leg. He had an infection that bad. And then one time you're like, I don't want to say or else, but or else. Everyone's like, I was like, okay. We're gonna listen. I think, I think he's kind of earned this one, you know, where it's like, look, man, a thousand you, you, you percent. Put it, you a put it on the line. You, you were you, that knee that he had that he played on. That was that was the, uh, a left turn, and he he could be without a leg right now. He could be without a leg above the knee, which is the worst. I feel like uh, Max might have wasted his like one time though, because it was like a pretty good chance. AP was going to get hired regardless. Like he could have saved that, you know, bro. Like, look, time he complains, be like, look, I really, really want an NFL blitz 2000 in the, uh, in the locker room. You should, should have saved it for something really important. We're not in that locker room. We're not in that organization. I don't, I don't think he has a lot of confidence that, you know, as, as, as loud as the team was for Basacha. And then they went ahead and then they hired Josh McDaniels. He's like, Oh hell no. I'm making damn sure. <laughs> oh hell no! I'm making damn sure that we're keeping AP because, from 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 my perspective, it feels like Basachi was like like the like like the old man down the street. Everyone lo- like respected him, loved him. He was really cool with him, whatever. And AP is like the cool like older uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a cool yeah. uncle that. Has done it before. Like you've seen him do it for, before. So I'd say Basachi was the cool uncle, and AP's the cool older brother. Older brother, yeah. Like he's no, like the like, guy that's like he's been there, and uh, I think he has a little bit more weight. Not to take anything away from Basachi, but I think he has a little you're bit a more. You're a freshman, weight. and he drives you to school, you know, in his Impala. You know what I mean? Dude, my brother was so whack, bro. My brother did like he didn't help me with chicks, bro. He was he's only two years older than me too, so we we were in high school for two years together. Man, I was I was out there by myself. Making all the mistakes, he didn't want you to uh, pick up on his punani. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Max is like feeling this power now. He's like, "Hey, all I got to do is threaten a trade and I can get whatever I want." It's like, nah, I want, I want I a stripper pull. I want a stripper pull in the locker room. Oh, yeah, that. I want some. Uh, I don't know what is it. What would Max Crosby like? What kind of like? I want a I bowl want of raisin bran, but I want the raisins taken out and replaced with nature-made raisins. You know, like whatever Max Crosby's version. I want a humidor installed into in my locker, or else I'm demanding a trade. I want I want a, a cooler under my locker, fully stocked with Shasta grape soda, because Shasta <laughs> grape soda is the best grape soda. Uh, uh, I mean, look, there's there's a lot. I I think he's, you know, 
he knows when to, when to use it and when when to not use it. And I think this is one of the times where, I mean, he said it in his podcast. He's like, I'm tired of starting over. I don't want to start over again. And for those people who are out there saying, well, Harbaugh didn't start over with the Niners. Well, yeah, he did. From 2010 to 2011, they had 10 new starters in 2011. Mm-hmm. So that's like almost half the, the starting the, the, the starters were, were new starters from the year before. Yeah. So the, the reason why Singletary didn't uh, last that season, and I think it was Tom Sula that took over an interim basis, was they had a lot of talent and they were severely underperforming. So that's part of the reason why Harbaugh had some success because he took over a team that was talented. Yeah. But um, to, to think that he's not going to you know change a lot of things when he comes here, that's – it's not the same. It's not the well, same. New the same new coaches, new head coaches, new head coach. Like even yeah, even and, if he and, does, and even if he like, does keep a bunch of guys. that again. I don't want to go through that again. Patrick Graham and the position coach. Even even if he did do that, it's still a whole new head coach, with a whole new system and practice and schedule and how everything's like. Even even best case scenario, he keeps the defensive staff. It's still it's still gonna be yeah. night and day difference. That's the whole point of a whole new head coach is to do something different. Yeah, do it his way. Look, if if you're if you're banking your your livelihood, your your career on the production of others, you best believe you're going to do it your way. It's going to be your way, right? So for those people who think, oh well, you know, um, Harbaugh doesn't have to do that. He didn't. He's going to do that. Yeah, he's going to do that. This is the other thing it tells me. Not only the kind of cachet that Max Crosby has with not just the team, but with the media, fans, everybody. The other part is like remember we were talking two weeks ago about how. You know, whether and don't confuse the right guy with the easy guy to root for, right? Because sometimes it's not, the, it can be, I think in this case, it's the same guy, but sometimes it can be different, right? It's really easy to root for, but maybe he's not the guy, you know, it's like the nice nerdy guy in the rom com you're rooting for him, but like, dude, there's no way he's banging Jennifer Aniston. Like, stop. Like, that's not happening. You're rooting for him, but it's not going to happen. This also tells me how much Antonio Pierce is getting rooted for by everybody. Because no one came on, no one jumped on the Antonio Pierce side of things either. Where it's like, no one, you know, there's nobody who's like, you're using this for AP. Like, he's he's just so easy to root for. Like, if you say, hey, like, I like him and I prefer Jim Harbaugh and for reasons X, Y, and Z, like, I, I can, you know, I can have a discussion with you. I'm sure you can make a very good case why you'd rather have Jim Harbaugh than Antonio Pierce. There's a very rational case to be made. But you can't tell me it's not easy to root for AP to get this job. That emotionally, that's why I think all the like players and all the media and all the talking heads were rooting for him because they're not invested like we are. You know what I mean? Like our love for the Raiders winning trumps how easy it is to root for AP. But if you're not a Raiders fan and you're just like a fan of football in the story, of course you're going to root for Antonio Pierce. Of course you are. Like the story's great. Like it's easy to root for. But with us, it's like, yeah, what Trump's rooting for the guy that's easy to root for is that W column, and we're divorced from that. Luckily, I think we're both optimistic that it's both the same thing, but I think this is yet another example of how everyone in the world is just jumping on this AP bandwagon. I think one of the things that kind of gives me a little bit more of a cause for optimism and kind of pushes me over the edge on this whole AP thing is all the Raider greats, the Raider greats who have won, they, they were a part of a winning organization. They won Super Bowls. Yeah. They see what Super Bowl leadership looks like. They see what a locker room looks like with a leader on that in that locker room 
that can get them there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know that Marcus Allen and Charles Woodson and, and Jim Plunkett and these guys have uh, uh, a tie to AP other than, you know, now he's the coach of the Raiders and he's a Raider fan. But they're all they're all on board saying the same things. And, um, you know, I was Rich Gannon was on uh, on the show that I was listening to. And he was pretty much echoing the same sentiment. It's like you got the guy in the building. You see what you you know what winning looks like. You know what a winning culture looks like. You know what good winning leadership looks like. And you're seeing it. And you, he worked through a lot of things. He did. He had a, a rookie fourth round quarterback who wasn't ready to play. Mm-hmm. You had a play call, who had two play callers. You had a play caller at the end of the season who probably was a little bit in over his head. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, crucify Farva right now because he could very well develop into the guy that we saw in the preseason, um, de- depending on who we get for an offensive coordinator. But to 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 take away some of the offensive struggles because I think it was that was the biggest issue at quarterback and then at play caller once AP took over, and take a look at the strikes that they did make on defensive side, uh, culture-wise, uh, you know, I said it last week in the show, when you when you have a guy that's able to kind of spark that that, mo- that little spark of motivation that lights that drive inside of you, you're going to do those. I mean, I, I read a thing with, where uh, the, the um, secondary had, had, uh, had film parties, have film watch parties, mm-hmm. and they would get together just outside of, of the normal film sessions and just watch film together. And these are the type of things that happen, and that's how you build a winning culture because when guys come into that and they see the guys who are starting every single game and making plays doing this, I say that to Jim all the time. Hey, you coming in here and you taking class and you hitting the bag and stuff, that's the bare minimum. Yeah, That's the minimum of what you have to do. You have to watch what you eat. You have to do your own cardio. You have to come and do your strength and conditioning. Like that – the coming and taking the classes or whatever, that's that's the bare minimum here. And when you have a culture where everyone comes in and everyone works hard and everyone pushes each other in a good way to work harder and be better, you have to look at the top. You have to look at who's leading that. And if all the guys who have won before are saying the same thing, you have to put some weight into that. So when you got the winning culture um, and you've got the players, really all that's left can keeping you from a Super Bowl is the X's and O's. Yeah. is your coordination um we are not in love we are infatuated with patrick graham and what he was able to do to this defense hopefully we can keep him for at least one more season because if he keeps this up it's gonna I be crossing everything i'm crossing my fingers she's a bad interview don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife doing your son doing your Son, was that from? Oh, I hope he's like the defensive version of Eric Bieniemy, just a terrible interview. Yeah, just insulting everyone. No one wants yeah. to hire him. We get to keep him for a while. Oh, uh, so that's that's the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball, wide open, wide open. We know AP's not going to be offensive coordinator, according to Colin Cowherd, of all people. He reported on the fifteenth. That was Monday. If Antonio Pierce gets the job, keep an eye on Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator. I have a source that told me that Cliff Kingsbury is his likely offensive coordinator if he gets the job. 
I gotta be honest, Soto, that wasn't even my top 10 options when I thought of like who could be our offensive coordinator. Kingsbury, Mr. Air Raid, Mr. Never won anywhere that he was, Mr. The only time he had a consistently good offense is when Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback in college. Cliff Kingsbury. But now the more I think about it, I guess the more I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you make when you first heard that story? Well, he's he's coaching at SC, so um, I mean, I'm so familiar his, with him. What's his job there? He's like he was an like an offensive uh, assistant or something like that. Because like, yeah, yeah, he's not a coordinator because you know they already have a coordinator, right? But he came in and he was kind of like just a just an offensive coach, you know. You're six figures just to take notes and like give us some ideas. Yeah, but um, he's looked at as a good offensive mind. One thing that really jumped out at me was he had a more than a, a couple 2000 yard rushing seasons with mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals like his so the team ran for more than 2000 yards so people think air raid and well you know he had James Conner he had Kenyon Drake whose best season was um you know under Cliff Kingsbury so he's not opposed to running the football just because he runs an air raid yeah. Um, and, and he certainly doesn't and, run a pure air raid by any means. No, 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 no. It's Not more nuanced. Kind of, it's it's yeah. more nuanced, and there's this a lot more Texas motion involved. Years yeah, this isn't leech yeah, fifteen yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's not like that. It's not like that at all. It, it, there's more, there's more more motion involved. Um, you don't. It's people think air raid. People think oh air raid. Let's go deep every time. That's that's not. No, that's not what the air raid is. Mm-hmm. You, you you spread out the, the the defense and you put pressure in the secondary which allows you to run the football effectively, but it gives you uh, quick keys for the quarterback. Um, very similar to like uh, when we uh, the last couple of weeks we were talking about how to make easy throws for Farva is to spread, to get four wide mm-hmm. and to kind of, you know, make the reads easier. And that's, that's pretty much what the air raid is. Um, so definitely um, – I wouldn't say it was the air raid per se, but it was a very similar system that uh, Farva thrived in at Purdue. So he can run that type of system. Um, and, I mean, with the running backs that we potentially would have that can both show that they can catch the ball and make something happen out of the backfield, those are two – and we have offensive weapons on the outside. Those are things that are kind of the prerequisites for a successful – Cliff Kingsbury offense. So, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's, uh, we would have two top level coordinators with, and, and, and look, Kingsbury didn't do a good, a good job at head coach. He didn't, he didn't do a good job at all as head coach. So I don't know that Cliff, anyone's going to be knocking down Cliff Kingsbury's door anytime well, that, soon. That's the thing is the, the good thing about Kingsbury is if we get him as an offensive coordinator, no one's going to try to steal him as head coach. You know what I mean? He's going to be like Josh McDaniels, where like he felt flopped right in his face. And it took like 12 years later, like a stupid Mark Davis to like front the money to do it. So that's, I guess that's the positive is there's not going to be anyone breaking down the door to hire him as head coach anytime soon. But again, he's failed everywhere. Like he's yet to win. Um, as a head coach. As a, as a head coach. His um, offenses have been good, but the head coach, he's not here coming in as a head coach. And so, that's the other part. It's also like very opposite of the offense we ran too. Like it'd be a very big, very big difference. Like we were a run first zone read, like power. Like we're just, we're running, right? Like we're, we're getting Josh Jacobs, you know, whoever our lead back is 20, 25 touches. And that's how we're going to go in between the tackles, tight end. Which is not out of what, you know, 
it's not it's not totally against what Cliff Kingsbury does. Now he I mean, uses you, a lot. He you can more run, backs. but it's very different formations. The splits are wider. Like he could run, but it's a very different running style than what we've been. Not that we can't change it, well, but I mean, Cliff Kingsbury did run a lot of power, um, a lot of power uh, run schemes uh, with Arizona. You know, you talk about James Conner being your running back; that like he's a power runner. Like he's not a you know scat type of guy, jump cut type of guy. That's not who he is. So he did run a lot of, a lot of power running schemes. So I, I think we can make it work, especially since we have. Um, right now, at least, we have two pretty good pass-catching tight ends that we can kind of flex a little bit. Maybe they're going to be a little bit more of like an H-back type of flex uh, position. But, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Um, You do what? You do Trey and Devontae on the outside. You do Jacoby and Hunter on the inside. Or you split out the tight end. Jacobs in the single back. I just wonder if um, Farva's got the arm for it to throw throw deep that many times. Uh, he can. He did a he did it at Purdue. That, that was yeah, he, that's what he was doing at Purdue. Yeah, but just well, the, look what the air raid does is it just makes your reads easier. It makes your reads quicker because you're spreading out the defense and they have to show a little bit more. Uh, so. Given that information that Farva is going to get with the, the defense being a little bit more spread out and they having to show their cards a little bit sooner, he's able to pick the throw. And um, it, it's not necessarily just because it's called an air raid. It's not necessarily you're throwing, you know, you know, five nines. You know, you're just throwing, you know, uh, deep routes all, all the time. No, not all the time, but it's a big part of it, right? I mean, that was the it's and that was a part of it. It's a part of it, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of screens and things like that as well. Honestly, what, what I love the most about the air raid is how I think it's it could transition well into the NFL because in the NFL you can't practice. Like you can't like your practice time is cut to to like almost nothing. And the whole point of the air raid is like we're not gonna outthink you, we're gonna out execute you. Like we're we're gonna drill this same shit over and over and over and over again. That we're gonna do advanced fundamentals and just beat you with that. Like that was always kind of like what I liked most about the air raid. It was just like we're we're doing the same thing in practice a hundred times. And we're going to do it so perfect and drill it so many times. We're going to out execute you. Like you may know what's coming. We're, we just done it 10, you know, 10 times more than you have. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's something a little different. I'm not, and who's to say he's going to bring that style of air raid in. Um, you can, you can take some of the concepts, but yeah, Cliff Kingsbury has been around a while. He knows, you know, he can run a little bit of a modified type of system. I think again, not even in my top 10, Guys that came to my mind when thinking of offensive. It does make sense if you think about it, though. He's out of football, right? He's not a head coach, not a coordinator anywhere. So he's available. He's looking for a spot to get back. Maybe in the future he wants to get a, be a head coach again if he can prove himself as a coordinator in the NFL, which he never was. Um, you I'd know, be curious to see if he pushes for Caleb since he's coming out of SC. If he's just like, all right, guys, we're going to push all he wants, man. You got to get up to one or two at the very worst. To get Caleb. He's like, hey, bet the house. Do it. Or don't. I wonder if he's going to be like, meh, not worth it. Very curious. Um, So last show, I think it was the last big show we did. We talked about how an NFL writer said the least, like the worst head coaching job available was the Raiders. 
for some reasons. Uh, quarterback was one of them. It's like, okay, I can see a case there. Some other things are kind of bullshit. Quarterback and draft, like they're the, they're the they're the team that had the worst draft position that needed a quarterback. The Athletic went a little deeper and they said, all right, what are the best general manager positions that are available? We'll rank them. He's number one. Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. For the the biggest reason is a as an owner that doesn't fiddle. That was one of the big reasons for the athletic. That was one of their their primary one of their um, primary criteria is like, look, if you're the GM, do you actually get to GM, or are you, are you gonna have Jerry Jones breathing down your neck in every single move that you do? Are you gonna have one of the Spanos boys in Los Angeles breathing down your neck for every little thing that you do? Home dude in Carolina throwing drinks at you constantly right are you going to actually be able to do the job and according to this writer at the, the athletic they said no mark davis is he's going to hire his guys he's going to sit up in the booth with his dancer ballerina girlfriend and say be smart and they'll talk to the coach after but as far as gm wise you're good to go makes sense you're in a, you're in a place that is an attraction city you have i mean State of the art facilities. You saw the uh, the uh, um, the team when they ranked all that stuff. All the stuff that was facility wise was through the roof. Uh, so it's not going to be a hard sell, right? No, no state taxes. Like I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet little gig there. And then you have an owner who's willing to spend money, who wants to win, but who leaves you alone. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty damn good. It's also a, a franchise that like it mirrors the owner in a lot of ways. Mark Davis. It's simple. It's simple. Like, again, I keep bringing up the chargers with the Spanos. Like they've got people everywhere. They all have their egos and want to touch things and be involved. And you got Jerry Jones, who's just like overlord of everything and touches everything. And, um, you know, you've got like coaches who have like maybe not officially GM power, but they kind of do because they have so much power. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of places that are complicated moving around. Mark Davis's Raiders, it's it's a mom pa shop. It's a mom pa shop. Like like they're hiring from within. The team president, like the like the last team president was a driver 30 years ago, right? Like it's a ma and pa shop. And so you can come in and have control. And not not like every place has office politics, but there's levels to office politics. You can come in and just be a general manager. And also, I think the other part that they didn't even bring up in this in this article, they've had atrocious personnel management for 20 years. Awful drafting, awful free agency, awful contracts, terrible first-round whiffs constantly. So when your basis is that, you you have no one to blame but yourself because there'll be no one in no fiddling with you or, or in, uh, uh, you know getting in your way. You don't have to spend the first 18 months walking on eggshells, making sure you don't accidentally insult a secretary that Mark Davis is banging and you get fired and you who has control of what. And then you get to come in and take over for a franchise that's been terrible at what you need to be doing. What a great place to get a gig as general manager. I mean, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. The bar is low. The facilities and, and the resources are high. And you're going to be able to do it your way. I mean, to put it in a nutshell, like it's a pretty good little gig. Speaking of bar, dry January. I'm 17 days in. 
I have to fly internet. I'm going to Toronto tomorrow with a neck injury and no booze. International flight, no booze injury. You have gummies though, right? Yeah, I might just go straight to fentanyl. I think I think I need the hard stuff. You got a bath. Rub, rub the fentanyl on your neck. Right? <laughs> it's just it's just pulsing. Or I immediately just the, the, that half of my body just goes unconscious. Just, it's dead. Around like this. Give me that shot. Give me that shot. That. Ready to do some what up win bags? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Mech BDHD1. Long butt, time baby. member. Long time member of the autumn windbags. Soto. I guess I'll get out of the way for this one. What would be the case if, as we're all in on AP, no one takes an interview knowing this, would the Rooney rule still be in effect, thereby stopping us from signing him full time? And would he still have to carry the interim tag? That's one of those like letter of the laws that you get different answers from. Yeah, so the the baseline that we got to come from is there's not going to be everybody who's going to refuse to interview for the job. There's mm-hmm. only like there's, it's one of 32, right? So people are going to interview for it. Now, I've taken interviews that I know and I was told uh, I wasn't going to get the job. Mm-hmm. And I still taken the interview because I wanted to get my name out there. I wanted to get my name out there in the company that, Hey, I'm looking to advance. I'm looking to, you know, expand. I'm looking to do different things and I'm available. So people can, you know, coaches can go and and still take interviews knowing that they probably won't take the job. And it's not just for experience or anything like that, but it's to show the league that, Hey, I'm out there. I'm putting myself out there. Thomas Reynolds, 3590. Again, Longtime member. Thank you for your membership of the Ottoman. Thug. After Josh McDaniels, I don't want Bill Belichick, nor do I want Mike Rabel. For the same re- re- same reason, gives me PSD. Now this happens all the time, where you'll date a short Latina with dark hair and huge boobs, and things go awful. It's just the worst relationship ever. And so your next girlfriend is a tall blonde with the big ass because you're just like, I just want something different. If you like Latinas with long hair and big tits, you should stick with that. Just make sure you get the right girl of it. Right. Um, I remember when, um, like when the, when the Texans could have drafted Derek Carr and there's like, Oh, I don't know if they, they, they already had David Carr. Like they're not going to want to go with Derek. It's like, they're two, they're not robots. They're two completely different people. Like it's, and then if anything, like Derek Carr was around David, that whole time, like he has so much experience as pro, like whatever you think of Derek Carr, just that mentality of like, well, I can't go with the younger brother because it failed with the older brother. Like, get out that's of here. A lot, a lot of analysts were saying the same thing too. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's just, the, it's just like the most lazy analysis ever. Um, now, if you don't uh, now, if McDaniels, you're like, all right, this, the, the Patriot way I'm over. Okay. Like, I, it I didn't I, work I, with my locker room. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, Belichick and Vabral, Vrabel are going to want personnel control. You don't want that. Okay. You know, you can make, make sense there. Mm-hmm. But Vrabel and Belichick are cream of the cop, crop coaches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Creamy cock coaches. They're they're the they're like Belichick. Are we, are we just not doing the freaking swear jar anymore? You just over that it was, shit? It was just for the season. Oh, okay. We're good now. Fuck it. Yeah, we're good. Swear all you want. 
So on your uh, uh, with your analogy there, my ex-wife was a tall, blonde, big-titted chick. And then after we broke up, one of the first dates I went on was, like, she wasn't that tall, but she was a blonde, huge, huge, huge boobs. And I just, like, I just couldn't do it. I, I, I just kept thinking in my mind, my family's like, again, bro. Yeah. So I was like, uh, it's, she's cool and everything. It didn't work out, which is a good thing because I'm happy now. Uh, the irony is I completely forgot Cliff Kingsbury was on the Patriots team that won the Super Bowl in 2003. So if we get him, we're getting Patriot. Are we getting the Patriot way? Cliff Kingsbury, uh, another Patriot coach. retread, another Patriot coach. retread. No not original thinking. We're just hiring Pats over and over again. Yeah, he, he's 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 coached a lot of other places. Nope, nope. He's a Patriot retread. He's the same as Belichick and Vrabel and McDaniel's. All those guys. Neil Buckeye, thirty-eight oh nine. Thoughts on drafting another position of need besides quarterback in the first round? and taking the SFU quarterback in the second round. He could sit for the year, coming off that injury, try and sign a competent bridge quarterback in the offseason. It's possible. If there, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to bury Farva just yet. Um, I'm not going to sing his praise and say that he's definitely the guy either. But, I mean, we need a lot of, a lot of help on the offensive line. Um, I think that to think that the our line is going to be just as good when we have fringe players playing at a, a level above where they have played before, and then, then they're a year older to expect them to do the same thing again. There's going to come a point in time where they, they just it's just not there. Uh, they're going to regress to the mean back to who they were previously because uh, you know a couple of these guys are older players you know you got van roten and you have illuminor they, they've been in the league a while and before they kind of you know played decent with us they were you know just guys so i think for us to kind of really take that step we need we need to get better in the trenches man we need to get better on the offensive defensive line if we don't make a move for a quarterback in the first round of the draft we screwed up something went terribly awful and this is coming from again i'm a aiden o'connell fan Want him on the team forever. I have I have high hopes for him. But you don't gamble on the most important position in sports with Aiden O'Connell after you know one season when you don't really know what you got with him because it was Josh McDaniels and Bo Hardy as his only offensive coordinators, and it was his rookie year only. And you know, who knows what we got in him? You don't make that gamble. You don't make that gamble. Not with a defense that's playing like this and with the weapons we have. This is not a rebuild. This is not a, um, all right, we're just going to kind of like work with what we got and see if we can like get some momentum. It's like not with this defense playing the way that it is and not with our offensive weapons. It's it's go time, right? It's not sell the fa- sell the future for now, but it's it's a go time. Um, it's a go time. Quarterback is too important. So if we're, if we're not making a move and we go like line or corner in round number one, that tells me something went wrong or, you know, people were trading up insane to get quarterbacks, right? Like, you know, if guys are still trading three first rounders for like the fourth quarterback or something to come off the board and it's like, okay, like you gotta, 
slowly walk away and let the crazies be crazy and we'll have to you know recoup but if we're if we're doing line or corner or something first round that tells me something something's wrong something something to not go according to plan if we get out of the first round without a quarterback yeah i just i don't see there being a first round slam dunk quarterback at 13 no me neither but another first to get the third or the fourth one. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like we we, we yeah, got it. We, we got to get we got to get to the top six if we want to do that. We need it. We need it. We need to get a new quarterback. Whether even like a Justin, maybe a Justin Fields is something we do. But like it's, it's I don't it's, think anybody in the NFL would trade a first round pick for Justin Fields. People are smoking. No, crap. no one's going. No one's going to. But it can't be just hey, we're gonna roll with Aiden O'Connell. Hope for the best. Like no, you roll with you. You go with Aiden O'Connell. Hope for the best. Plus, a uh, you have you're playing a game of craps, right? You're not just putting like all your Aiden O'Connell on on number nine, right? It's like oh, we're gonna put twenty bucks on five, twenty bucks on eight, twenty bucks on nine. We're gonna you know we're gonna develop. We'll, we'll bring in another veteran that maybe we can retread. We're gonna keep developing Farva. We pick up another rookie. We're gonna make something work. Right, you have all these guys working out, and we're gonna make it happen. Right, maybe Farva needs three years to, de- to develop, and Justin Fields is the gap, or whatever the hell. Right, like just rolling with Farva. Even the most optimistic podcast on Farva, the Autumn Windbacks, the discoverers of Farva, discoverers for sure. Even we are like, he's awesome. Not betting the house on him. Got to keep, got to keep developing guys. All right. That's it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, hopefully, I'm not paralyzed by the next show. Fingers crossed. We'll hope. Maybe we'll get like a real stylish one. Like I'll be able to get like. You should bejazzle it. Bejazzle it. Yeah. Bejizzle it. Is that like um, what they would do in New Orleans? Just add some jazz. Bedazzle it. You gotta. You gotta just get those that little thing. Where I gotta you get it, like either raidered out or go like put my last name. Like it's tattooed on my neck, neck, right across my neck. You should get Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it like a mohawk. Go, go with Birdman. Yeah, it'd be sweet if you got Birdman. Uh, so Antonio Pierce could be, by the time you're listening to this, they could make it done that he could be the head coach. When it is, we'll be on top of that. Um, I will be in Canada, sorry, this weekend, hey. but um, still able to. Oh, they have internet up there, I believe. Even in the, you know what the, the low is in Toronto on Saturday? Jesus, probably like seven. One degree. Celsius, right? Fahrenheit. One degree Fahrenheit. Hey, RJ, how many degrees is it going to be? Aw, degree. One. You're only getting one degree of weather. Like, how many degrees? No, not plural. There's one singular degree of weather. Cali boys aren't built for that. But until then, knock on wood if you're with me.